Welcome to Hancock Conversations, an Allen Hancock College podcast. Join President Dr. Kevin G. Walters and members of the Hancock community as they explore the stories behind the people and places that make Allen Hancock College the unique hub for learning that it is today. You're sure to learn something new and even have a little fun along the way. Hello, uh, welcome to Hancock Conversations, your podcast for all things Allen Hancock College. I'm Kevin Walters, the superintendent president of Allen Hancock College. And today we have with us some special guests, Dr. Anjali Misra, who is a plant molecular biologist and professor in our industrial hemp research program. And then Leticia Segoviano, who's a student participating in that uh, hemp research program recently earned an associate's degree in environmental health and safety. And then uh, Joey Kehoe, a Hancock student who's finished the program, the hemp program, and he is now a sampling technician at Veda Scientific in Lompoc. So we're excited to have you here to talk about the Allen Hancock College hemp program. Welcome, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Dr. Muser, let's start with you. Tell us I mean, this is obviously, you know, people think hemp and that the first thing they think is cannabis. So tell us the difference in, uh, in hemp and cannabis. Sure. So hemp sits under the umbrella of cannabis sativa. Uh, that's the technical name for cannabis. However, there is one major difference between marijuana and hemp. Marijuana is a form of cannabis sativa that contains delta-9 THC or tetrahydrocannabidol. Uh, which is responsible for the psychoactive function. However, hemp is the same is an alternative version of cannabis sativa that does not contain delta 98C at the same level as marijuana. In fact, it has very little THC. And you can essentially try and smoke a soccer field of industrial hemp and you will not <laughs> get high. All it will do is just you will get a headache. So Great. that's the major difference between hemp and marijuana. Okay, so, so we're calling it industrial hemp. We don't call it that. Uh, Department of Agriculture calls it industrial hemp. What are the uses for uh, industrial hemp? Yes, so it, it's a very interesting crop. And interestingly, there was a lot of research going on until it was uh, classified as illegitimate back in 1940. So the biggest important product for this crop is CBD oil. So CBD is another form of cannabinoid that is produced by hemp, and it has multitude of medical properties. It is also used for uh, fiber production and, and has a lot of protein and omega-3 and omega-6 fatty acid count. So it has a wide variety of economic importance, okay. and it, could, it has a potential for being a good cash crop. Great. And so here in, in the Santa Maria Valley in particular, we were approached by farmers who wanted to uh, do some of the research. And, and part of the, the rules around this are either, either your local county government can set up rules for, for industrial hemp, or you can partner with an institution of higher education to do a research project. And that, that's, where, that's the road that the, the local farmers wanted to go down. And so we agreed to partner with them. Uh, the farmers actually pay the cost of the program. We, we're not actually making any money on the deal, but they are providing the cost of the program. And we help them with some of their testing. So, Anjali, tell us a little bit about the testing, and then we're going to talk to your students about what they learned from that testing and what the program does for students. So, you know, I'm so 
um, thrilled to have this opportunity to offer uh, services to our hemp growers. And what it has blossomed into is kind of like a contract service program. And under the services that we offer, we offer services that allow them to test the genetics of the material that, that they bought from a vendor. And we also offer field-based services, which are also re referred as agronomic studies. So I'll briefly touch upon the, the lab studies. So in the lab, what we do is we, we kind of like do testing, like what somebody would go send their DNA to ancestry.com or something, and then try to figure out what is the heritage. And in this case, what we're really trying to distinguish if the crop is marijuana or hemp. So there are genetic markers that can help us identify if a crop is marijuana or hemp. And, if, and the other important thing that the growers are interested in is if the seed that they have on hand is female seed. And the reason for that is that because the product of importance, the CBD oil, primarily comes from the, from the hairs that are present on the female flowers. And uh, they want to make sure that they're growing female plants in the field so that they can have the most revenue coming from the crop. And interestingly, this plant produces male and female flowers on two separate plants. So you will have male plants and female plants. And if you are a hemp or marijuana grower, you don't want to have any male plants in your field. So those are some of the genetic tests that we offer that can help address the problem of uh, the female versus male plant and uh, THC dominant or CBD dominant plant. Awesome. Now when it comes, yeah, and, and the field work is uh, looking at a pesticide drift study, performance of the crop, uh, how vigorous the crop is, and, and there are some other interesting studies that are going on, which I can talk maybe later some, some other time. Okay. So Leticia, um, you've been in, working in the program. Give us a little sense of your experience. Uh, what, like, if you could pick like the, the best thing you've learned, what, what would that be? Sure. Um, working with Anjali and the um, Hemp Research Club, it's helped expose me to a lot of the lab equipment that's used at the lab here in uh, Lompoc. Um, so just learning the uh, proper use of the lab equipment, learning how to do the extractions, how Anjali was describing, and also being able to gain the exposure of being out in the actual hemp farms within the community. And also uh, I've been able to gain an internship through the Hemp Research Club. So I'm currently working it now and just that exposure and, and experience along with the education it's going to go a long way once I, you know, finish my education and, and earn my bachelor's degree. Awesome. And so where, where's your internship? Currently, it's a local hemp farm uh, solid sphere. So I started there in October as a quality assurance and packaging specialist. So I work uh, very hands-on with the crop and prepare it for potential buyers and just the quality control of that in and just the whole process of um, the trimming and the cultivation. So it's very interesting. And I was able to get that opportunity through the Hemp Research Club. Awesome. That's that's, that's cool. Now, where, you said you're going to get your bachelor's degree. Where are you going for that? Um, I'll actually be transferring this fall to CSU Channel Islands. I'm going to be studying the environmental science and resource management with the earth system emphasis. So hopefully after earning that, to be able to yeah, become full-time in, in some type of hemp environment. Great, great. 
Joey, you're uh, you're actually working now as a sampling technician at, at Veda Scientific in Lompoc. What do you guys do down there? Well, it's it's really an amazing setup we have down here. It's a, it's a startup cannabis testing lab. We are in the process of getting ISO 17025 certified as well as in the process of getting our BCC license. That's the Bureau of Cannabis Control. And with that license, we'll be able to test um, all kinds of different cannabis products for conformity so that they can hit the market. So right now, mostly what we're doing is validating our test methods, getting our equipment up and running, and making sure that we can comply with all of these governmental regulations that surround cannabis testing. So that, and, and I only know enough about this to be dangerous, but if when you're doing that testing, it has to be like precise, maybe even beyond what we would expect for medical grade type drugs or pills or anything like that. Is that accurate? I don't know about um, if it's beyond, but it is very rigorous. You know, there are extremely low thresholds for what kind of foreign matter can be in your cannabis, you know, from heavy metals to biological impurities to pesticides, to things like hair and feces. All of that is checked for, and, and it is very thorough. There's really no messing around. Okay. And I don't know if you know this, but one of the growers talked to us about uh, a challenge with hemp is um, getting consistent testing for the hemp products. Have you, uh, have you experienced any of that, or um, is, is that a topic for another show? Well, you know, there's a couple problems when it comes to consistency. First one is from plant to plant, uh, the chemical makeup changes wildly. And even from, you know, the top of the plant to the bottom of the plant, you can see a significant difference in cannabinoid content and terpene content, as well as it, the ratio of CBD to THC, it changes dramatically over the lifetime of a cannabis plant. So whether or not you can sell your hemp as containing under the threshold of THC, it also depends a lot on when you harvest it and when it's sampled. So, so part of that testing program and, and what you were learning at, at the college was making sure it gets sampled so that they're, they're removing it from the ground before that THC crosses a threshold. Exactly, exactly. That's one of the things we're hope to research here in the future is how to get the most consistent harvest time so that growers can maximize the amount of material they can sell. Great. So when you were in the program, what do you, what do you think uh, was one of your favorite activities to do? Oh boy. My favorite activity was probably the field trials we did. This was on the land owned by the company Leticia is working for right now. And it was a variety trial. So we had a plot of 15 four-foot rows, four-foot across, maybe 100 feet long. And we there were eight or 10 different strains of hemp cannabis planted. And we watched them grow and took data on the height, the girth, um, the overall vigor of the plants. And this is going to be really valuable in the future because there are so many cultivars of hemp cannabis that we'll be able to pick what varieties are really suited to the climate here on the central coast whether that's the cooler temperatures we experience the you know intense fog we get overnight and in the morning growers are really interested to find out what cultivars are going to grow best here so that's when i was out there it was absolutely fascinating and and 
Anjali, let, let's talk more about the, the program specifically, because you've worked at research universities before, and as, as, a, as a community college president, I'm just so excited by this program because this is the kind of stuff that normally you would have at least upper division students doing, if not graduate students at a research university. Is that is that fair to say? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I'm sure Dr. Walters, you're aware that, you know, the higher education is undergoing a lot of reform. And, and we have been talking about how we can retain our students that come to two-year colleges who are trying to pursue a degree in STEM. And one of the critical components of uh, student persistence in STEM is giving them early uh, research experiences, you know, early authentic re uh, lab experiences. And this program has afforded that opportunity to, to both our students. And uh, Leticia and, and Joey are great examples of that because they were able to experience firsthand what it is like to work in a lab and address the problem and learn the tools alongside. So, you know, here at in the Valley, many of the students that come to Hancock, they come from farm worker families and most of them envision going into the field-based careers. But this program has afforded the opportunity to students to experience uh, what it is to work in the lab and how we can, how closely or how important the lab skills are and they are directly applicable to finding solutions in the field of agriculture. Yeah. And what what a great way to study it by using hemp as a tool. So I envision it as a great research tool and a teaching tool for undergraduate research. And 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 my vision is that if we can engage more students in, in a program like this, that would be awesome. And this is uh, the skills. I mean, our, our two students today happen to um, be working in the in the hemp industry or. or, or Joey's, Joey's more in the cannabis industry, but but these skills transfer to other parts of agriculture. Is that correct? Yes, definitely. So so the lab skills that students will acquire, so for example, uh, DNA testing, chemical testing, and basic attention to lab details, you know, uh, data collection, data management, and uh, problem solving. These are all transferable skills for, for any discipline. So even if you want to Agriculture is broad, so you have both plants and animals in agriculture. So if somebody wants to be a vet tech technician, and if they want to be uh, working with the in the cattle or, or working with some other system, those skills are transferable wherever they take it. So. Right. And then from from the program perspective, what's the output? I, I mean, you're giving you're giving the growers data back in in, in reports. What what kind of uh, reports are we providing back to the farmers? So, for example, so when, uh, as an example of the report is, so we, if we analyze 100 plants or 200 plants for the growers for DNA testing, then we tell them, uh, we, we provide them with a spreadsheet, okay, uh, out of the 100 plants that we sampled, these many were male or female or they tested positive for CBD or, or THC. And for agronomic trials, we collect a lot of raw data, which is further analyzed using Microsoft Excel or even SAS, you know, statistical analysis softwares. And then we provide them uh, that data set that the different strains that we analyze, which one performed the best compared to others. And recently I have also collaborated with Veda Scientific to provide them the chemical testing. So these growers are more interested in the content of CBD and THC. And uh, for the last uh, when we started the program initially, we were not equipped to, the, 
do that analysis. I reached out to my private partners locally and around the state to afford those testing opportunities and we provide those reports to the growers. Yeah. And and you guys have a, a pretty good lab down there that was fully funded by by the fees paid by the by the growers, right? Yes, yes. And we we have a basic lab equipment to do DNA testing and we were recently donated an equipment to do some chemical testing by one of our grower partners uh, and, and at Runway Farms uh, which is owned by Abel Maldonado. Mm-hmm. So we are very excited about, you know, how the infrastructure is developing for this lab. And I hope it, it continues, the support from the growers continues. Yeah. And, and you know, my conversations with them, they're all, they're all very happy about it. A couple of things about it, and I, I've visited out at, uh, at uh, you mentioned Abel Maldonado, and I visited out at his research site there. And one of the things I got from that meeting that I thought was interesting, because I'm not a scientist, is that when you talked already about the male-female plant, that the the plants are, are very sticky, right? Especially the female plants, they have a lot of sticky, and, and they were saying that that's because historically, evolutionarily designed to catch pollen as it floats across. And if you have a male plant in your field, it can throw off pollen spores that'll, it's not impregnate, I guess, in the uh, in the plant world, but you would end up, you know, that those, those pollen spores can travel for miles, right? I mean, or at least, you know, very long distances. May yeah. I address this question? Yeah. Yeah. So cannabis is a is a wind pollinated plant as opposed to insect pollinated uh, mostly. So when you have a one plant that has mostly male pollen producing flowers and it is in your field of female flower producing plants, it one male plant can fertilize an entire field. And what that does is when the flower, the female flower is fertilized, the energy that would have gone into making those sticky hairs that you mentioned, which contain the, the target substances that we want, when it, when it puts its energy into producing a seed, the amount of cannabinoids it can produce really suffers, as well as you then have to separate the seed out um, during processing. So it's, critical that there are no males in your field so uh as we're as as you uh as as you look forward let's let's talk about the students a little bit and let's see if you if you didn't end up going into you know kind of the hemp cannabis industry do you 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 anticipate you'll still say in some sort of agricultural um production um yes i do plan on eventually getting my um environmental uh, health specialist or certificate Mm -hmm. so assisting with like water control other environmental engineering processes that could be used in agriculture hopefully you know i still remain in the hemp industry but those types of resources are needed in all agriculture environments great all right and uh joey you're uh you're you're in the industry and and looks like there's a career path for you to uh to stay in that for for a while Absolutely. And, you know, I think one of the remarkable things about this program is that I was able to land this research job with uh, a two-year degree. That's, that's pretty uncommon, and it's, it's really special. Great. Dr. Musra, anything else that you want to um, wanna add to our conversation here? Sure. I just want to extend what just Dewey said. To, to be able to find jobs in this industry, and especially entry-level technician jobs, uh, you can have an associate 
degree uh, or a certificate that offers you the training and the skill set that is required for this industry. And, and the HEMP program that we have going on right now is able to offer all those technical skills, the career technical skills that are required to find, find the job in this industry. Right. And Joey and Leticia are, are great testament of that. So my vision is just to be able to create a, a certificate-based program in HEMP at the college where we can offer similar opportunities to many more students. Okay, great. Well, you know, it's been a great program. And of course, you know, anytime you start talking about cannabis type products, then, uh, you know, people's ears perk up right away. And, and certainly that happened with this hemp program. And we've spent a lot of time in working on, on messaging to the community what, what it is that's uh, happening at the college with this. And I think this is a great example, Dr. Mishra, of the work that you've done with the other faculty in our uh, agriculture programs and the dean over that area that really shows the the ability of the college to train students for the jobs of the future and to respond to our local industry needs. This is we pivoted and, and put this together in a pretty quick time frame that that would have never happened at a at a large university, and and it's paying benefits for our local economy and for our, for our students. So. It's been, it's been a great program, and we look forward to seeing that certificate and, and getting some other work done. So with that, I'll, I'll, I'll say thank you to, uh, to all three of you, Dr. Angela Misra, uh, Leticia Sigaviano, and Joey Kehoe. Thank you uh, for joining us today. Thank you. It's thank been you a pleasure. So all right. This has been Hancock Conversations, your podcast for all things Allen Hancock College. We'll look forward to seeing you in our next episode.